Welcome to the Lease Option Experience. I'm John Jackson, your host, and together with my co-host, Joe Seski, we answer all of your questions about lease options in real estate. We answer questions about sandwich lease options, straight lease options, lease option assignments, also known as wholesaling lease options, which is exactly what we specialize in and what I've specialized in since 2003, having done well over 700 lease option transactions. If you have questions about lease options, this is the podcast you want to be listening to. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there about real estate, real estate investing, but this is the only podcast devoted specifically to the niche of lease options. We answer all of your questions and guide you through actual real transactions, both of our own, our students, and our listeners. So what do you see? Let's get started with the next episode of the Lease Option Experience. Hi there, and welcome to the Lease Option Experience. I am your host, John Jackson. Uh, my other host, my co-host, Joseph Seski. Joe Seski is not here today, so that means it's going to be a phenomenal interview because he couldn't make it. And it's sad that he couldn't make it because we have a special guest here who is also from Pennsylvania. Uh, before we get to our uh, special guest for today, uh, again, if you are watching this on Facebook or Facebook on YouTube or, uh, or listen to it on iTunes, give us a thumbs up, leave comments. I do actually respond to the comments. If you have questions, Email them to me, questions at leasingtobuy.com, questions at leasingtobuy.com. If you want a bunch of free stuff, because I know you do, uh, just go to leaseoptiondocuments.com, leaseoptiondocuments.com. You'll get my seller price sheet, my uh, lease option calculator, my scripts, everything. And there's even some free training on there for you as well. Uh, so for all you freebie people, all you freebie freaks, go to leaseoptiondocuments.com. Now on today's podcast of the lease option experience i've got a special guest who's been doing real estate actually longer than i have if you can believe that and uh, so we have uh, he and i've never actually met in person so this will be an interesting uh, interview and i've got a lot of questions i want to dig into uh, so we'll get this started so mr joseph bodek hello joseph do you go by do you, do you, you prefer doing? joseph or do you prefer joseph or joe I answer most anything, John. Hey, you works. All right. Joe works. Joe works. Joe. All right, Joe. So, Joe, um, uh, I got so many things I want to uh, talk about here. I want to talk about the split level houses. I want to talk about the guitars, the fact you're from Pennsylvania, uh, the fact that you're computer challenged, uh, and uh, the the coaching uh, that you do. So I don't. I'm not even entirely sure where to start. So I'm just going to kind of throw a dart here and see where it sticks. So you have actually been involved in real estate for many, many, many years, and even your family, including, I believe it was your grandfather, is that right, or your mm -hmm. father? Yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, the history of the family in real estate. Okay. Well, basically, John, I I'm not the guy uh, that uh, saw the um, uh, late-night infomercial and went ahead and purchased it, and the rest is history. Uh, that's not me. I'm, I'm actually third generation. Uh, my grandfather was a uh, builder developer. Uh, my dad was a builder developer. As a matter of fact, um, he was one of the biggest uh, uh, builders of residential uh, housing uh, in the country back in the 50s and 60s, and actually the 70s as well. So my background actually started in conventional real estate, uh, where he taught me, you know, how to build houses, develop ground. I ran about 2,000 apartments for him. And so I built houses and did all that kind of stuff for a number of years. And um, uh, so I've been in the business actually since 1971. I guess I dated myself. Okay. Anyway. Oh, yep, there we go. He dropped the bomb. There we go. So <laughs> anyway, you see, so you, you, you went from you went from Woodstock to real estate. There we go. <laughs> but, I, but I look good, man. I look good. You look good. You look good. <laughs> so anyway, um, what happened was I went into some other uh, businesses, actually the real estate business for a little while, and uh, wound up coming back into real estate, came back into conventional real estate. Um, I didn't really want to build houses anymore at that time. And um, uh, that's basically how I got started. And uh, in 94, I believe, is when I got back into real estate and started working uh, in creative real estate. And that's sort of the history of how I got involved. 
And so uh, you had mentioned something about your, was it your grandfather that Roy uh, uh, was the premier split level house builder? Or was that oh, your no, father? That was my dad. That was my your dad. dad. Yeah, okay. If, if any of your listeners out there are uh, <laughs> familiar with the split level home, my father kept saying he invented them. I'm not convinced about that. <laughs> But I know that he made him famous. Uh, he built thousands of them. As a matter of fact, he built 2,000 of them about three miles from where I'm sitting right now. And, um, uh, but I mean, he built row homes. We built, uh, you know, uh, colonials. We built all kinds of houses. But if you're in a split level, you're probably in one of his designs. So that's, that's where the split level really came from. What, uh, and so, you know, of course, you're up in Pennsylvania. Um, and I'm here in Texas. So in Texas, very, we certainly have some split level. It's just not very common. Uh, and I have to imagine, yeah, they're pro yeah, probably from the seventies, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. but they're not very common. What's the big benefit in a split level? Is it kind of like a sunken living room where it was just kind of cool at the time? Well, yeah, but it gives you, uh, one of the beautiful things about the houses that he built was that you could alter them all kind of different ways because of the layouts. So, you know, they had garages and you could open the garages into the living room, which is, you're right, you know, you had levels up and up and an up and down level. Uh, but one of the things about his house is if you drive by any of his developments, uh, you'll see that they've altered them quite a bit when you get inside. So that was one of the, one of the big things about a split level, the ability to, uh, to alter the property. So you're saying like, well, you know, that's all. I'm about to go down some rabbit hole here on it. I'm going to okay. spend 30 minutes talking about a split level house, uh, Joe, yeah. and that's not. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I could just see me spending an entire, that's not, that'd be great, Joe. Uh, do an entire 30 minute podcast on the split level. Home. Split level. Yeah. I, I'd be curious to see if that, that doesn't get the highest ratings of any podcast I've done. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's talk. Uh, so I take you play the guitar. I try. <laughs> I okay, try. okay. I've been playing a long time. Unfortunately, I've been kind of busy. I haven't been able to get to them in, in quite a while, but I give it my best shot when I can. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, and I know I'm going to, I'm going to talk about bouncing around here. Uh, it's almost like my medication uh, has worn off here. I'm just bouncing <laughs> from topic to topic, but um, <clears throat> so uh, let's talk about um, where you first kind of popped up on the radar or on my radar, I should say, which would have been, I don't know how many years ago on bigger pockets where okay. you were making a lot of posts on there. And I was, I was still posting on there at the time. I, I haven't been on there forever, to be honest with you. Um, but you were making, uh, putting a lot of posts on there. Um, I had never heard of you, um, which is not, not uncommon or anything, but, uh, normally when someone's posting, uh, uh, consistent, uh, good information. I've been around long enough uh, in the, in the, uh, uh, education space that normally I would have heard of them or whatever. And I had, had, was not familiar with you And the, uh, you were posting quite a bit of, um, good relevant content on, uh, bigger pockets. You and my other, my friend, uh, Brian Gibbons, who I've not heard from in a long time. Matter of fact, I'm going to add him to my list of, uh, people to interview, but, um, but nevertheless, uh, so that's where you kind of first started popping up on my radar. And then, um, and now, um, you spam the hell out of me on my email. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You tell no. me I can eliminate you there. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um, I'm sure I'm on there by choice. Uh, uh, believe me, I, I blast everybody with my, with my stuff, but, um, which by the way, I actually, like your emails that I get, uh, I have to assume that you write those. I like the fact that they're short, they're concise. I like the fact the marketing, uh, the, um, the psychology of putting, Hey, at 15 minutes and three seconds, you'll hear how blah, 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 or whatever that timestamp is. I'm like, Oh, that's good. I like how he did that. So, uh, so whenever I put that into an email now, I call it, Oh, let's put a Bodek in there, put a Bodek in there. <laughs> 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 but, uh, so you were doing real estate. Um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, the, um, uh, let's talk about lease options. First of all, then I want to get into the coaching part of it mm -hmm. and the education side of it. Um, be, um, and how you're approaching that. So let's talk about lease options. Um, 
so what I specialize in, uh, uh, Joe, is the assignment, the lease option assignment. So I say, hey, I do pretty houses, uh, uh, you know, the pretty house profits, that type of thing, where we simply do lease option assignments. Typically, we're working with houses that are 200,000 and above, not always, but typically 200, 250, 300, 350, etc. $1,000 houses, and, uh, and we assign those, and that's what we teach our, our students to do. And obviously, as you well know, there's a, the straight lease option, there's a sandwich lease option. And I tell my students, or anybody, uh, that, um, that I highly, highly recommend not to do a sandwich lease option or attempt one until you've done maybe four or five or six assignments so you understand the flow of the lease option, how the numbers work, what you're looking for, uh, and you're not putting yourself into a difficult situation. I say that... Uh, uh, as an investor, something you never want to do in real estate is become the desperate seller. And you can mm -hmm. do that in a subject to or a sandwich lease option if you don't understand the nuances and, 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 and know what you're doing. So sticking with lease options for a moment, uh, I know we're taking a big veer away from the split level house. That's a whole, uh, mm -hmm. I cannot wait to get back on that some other podcast. <laughs> um, with, when it comes to lease options, uh, is there uh, uh, which specific lease option do you uh do you prefer uh that you which one do you uh do you do more of uh so talk to us a little bit about which lease option do you really like which one which strategy do you like well i'll be honest with you i uh, because of my background um uh, as i say i ran um about two thousand apartment units and uh for our company and um so i'm familiar with being a landlord so sandwich lease options didn't scare me. Mm -hmm. And that is where I began actually with sandwich uh, lease options. And the reason is, uh, as you would know, there's three paydays there that, that I yep. like very yep. much. Uh, but I'm a stickler for residual income. So I like that rent spread. Okay, because if all else fails while you're you know looking for new deals, at least you got that monthly coming in. So when I first started uh, back in 94, I started in wholesaling, and the reason that I went into lease options was because I was looking, when you're doing wholesaling, as you well know, uh, you're going to throw out a majority of leads mm -hmm. uh, because yep. they won't take your low offer or there's not enough equity in the property to make it work. So how I got into lease options was I, I one day I kind of stared at my, I caught my, uh, uh, waste paper basket, my trash can, and I'm looking at it and there's a, there's like a huge pile of what I call property information forms. Those are the forms I use yeah, to fill yeah, out the information yeah. on the properties. And it was just, I mean, the trash can was full of them. And I said, well, this is ridiculous. I'm spending all this time, all this money uh, to find these deals and I'm throwing 95% of the leads into the trash. So I said, there had to be a way to turn these leads into deals. So I started doing uh, a lot of, you know, research on the various niches out there. And I found about five of them, you know, uh, sub two, fix and flip. Or, uh, you're familiar with, you know, uh, these different niches out there that would all work. But what I found was at least options work very well because, as you know, you don't need a lot of equity in the property or any in order to make the deal work. And you don't have to lowball people with offers. Yeah. So you could give them pretty much what they wanted and you didn't have to worry about the equity problem. So what I found was that normally for me, John, it took about 25 leads somewhere in there to get a mm -hmm. deal. Yeah. Uh, and I was doing two, three a month and you can imagine what I'm throwing in the trash. Mm -hmm. So what I found was, was that I could turn at least, at least one, if not more and usually more of those dead leads that I've been throwing away into a lease option deal, either a sandwich or a wholesale, depending upon, you know, how far it was and what the numbers were and that type of thing. And um, at any rate, when you do the math, it's pretty simple. Uh, if, if I was averaging one at normally around 10,000, somewhere between five and 10,000 um, uh, uh, option consideration uh, back then, um, and if you're doing one, just one of these dead leads a month, well, if you do the math, it's somewhere between sixty dollars and $120,000 a year that I was able yeah. to put in my bank account rather mm -hmm. than throwing in the trash. 
And that's how I got involved with lease options. I, I did it to save the leads that I was throwing away from wholesaling. Yep. And my choice was, um, and I agree with you uh, with regard to getting involved with the sandwich lease options right up front, because if you're not a good landlord or don't want to be a landlord, it's going to be a problem for you. So you're correct. I agree with you. You know, your host, I call them wholesale lease options. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, they're probably a better place to start in that it's a clean deal. You're in and out. You don't have to be a landlord. But as far as which one I like better, I like sandwich better uh, because yeah. I like those three. I like the upfront money. I love the rent spread. And the back end money ain't bad either. So yeah, because of my background, I didn't have a fear of being a landlord. I'll put it to you that way. Now, um, and I'm, I'm uh, you'll be honored to know that I think you're the first uh, interviewee where I've been taking notes and uh, on questions and topics I want to ask here. So, oh, I am so, honored. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, um, I'm going to take a step back here. So, on the sandwich lease option. Which, by the way, for uh, anybody watching and listening, the sandwich lease option, again, is where you're sandwiched between the buyer and the seller. You stay in the middle. Uh, it's known as the you know, the cash now, cash flow, cash later. Um, uh, that's the sandwich lease option. Uh, I want to go into a little bit on uh, on marketing. You know, there's marketing for sellers and marketing for buyers. Um, when um, I had a student one time that was, she really wanted to just do she was a, a very well-versed investor and she wanted to do specifically sandwich lease options. And I said, well, you know, teach that all day long. But what I found Joe is as I was thinking about it, kind of laying it out on the sandwich lease options, I said, you know what? I really don't have a very specific avatar of seller to market for a sandwich lease option. I said, I can tell you that avatar of a, of a lease op, of a wholesale lease option, of a lease option assignment all day long. Here's bap, bap, bap. Here's a level of desperation. Bap, bap, bap. Here's how this works. But for a sandwich lease option, you're really looking for a seller. Uh, I explained the, the levels of desperation uh, to my students. Mm -hmm. And you know, you've got uh, for sub owner, for, for sub owner, for owner, MLS, for lease. Then down here below, you've got wholesale subject to, you know, uh, short sale. Anyway, I say that the sandwich lease option uh, seller, that avatar, is really kind of between the the homeowners becoming became between an accidental landlord, someone mm -hmm. that couldn't sell, and a wholesale deal, right? They're not going to take seventy cents or sixty cents of the dollar. Um, they don't want to deed their house over, so they're going to subject to. So there's that kind of a, a narrow avatar for that seller uh, that that I see. Do you have a methodology or uh, um, what do you describe as the avatar for a seller that will consider a sandwich lease option? Well, I'll tell you, I, my, my approach is, is fairly simple because as we know, uh, the main reason that people will do a, uh, a well, a lease option uh, in, in any form is debt relief. They, they mm -hmm. need to get out from under, you know, they, they bought another house. They can't get rid of the old one. They're paying two mortgages. They just got divorced. They got to get out of town. You know, all the stories. Yeah. yeah. But um, I, my approach was pretty simple. Um, uh, what I did was I looked for uh, my marketing uh, revolved around pretty houses in nice areas. Um, hundred thousand and up. I didn't really have a, uh, uh, a top number it was a million dollar house. I didn't care. They just take a lot yeah. longer to do, but you can do it. So uh, obviously you want to stay around the median because that's where most of the action happens. Uh, so wherever it is that you're marketing to the median's the best place. But uh, what I did was, you know, I thought I would find people that needed debt relief that had a cause in what we do. We're looking for two type, two things. We're looking for people that want to sell their house and people that have a problem that we can solve. Because we're not realtors, okay? We're not here to list your house and wait for somebody to sell it. We're here to solve a problem, which I'm sure you do all the time. And um, so once I had the, if I, you know, I'm working pretty houses, nice areas, 100,000 and up. A lot of times I would adjust the numbers to whatever 
the median was in that area, maybe 200 to 400,000, depending upon where you are. In Philly, that was the area I worked, 100 to 400,000 most of the time. But then once I got them, uh, what I did was looked at a couple of things before I decided which way I was going to go. One thing I looked at was distance. Why? Because I'm lazy. <laughs> I'm going to admit it. Um, I don't like to travel more than an hour to a house unless it's a killer deal. And I mean a killer deal. And I've had a few. But normal, normal deals, I don't want to drive two hours, three hours to, to see a house. So I would keep it within an hour uh, of distance. And the other thing that I would have to look at are the spreads. If I've got a property where, you know, when you have in a sandwich lease option, you've got three paydays. So you can kind of finagle with them a little bit. For example, uh, maybe you're getting a low upfront money, but you're getting $800 a month in rent. I would do that deal. Okay. Um, so you take each one of the paydays individually, and they, they may not all be what you want, but if one or two of them does the trick, you can do the deal. So I would look at, first thing I'd look at would be the spreads. In particular, the rent spread. That would be my first one. Um, if that looks good, I'm going to do a sandwich lease option. So if it's not, it, I'm a pretty simple-minded guy. If it's not too far, the rent spread is good, I'm going to do it as a sandwich. Uh, now, now I'm, I'm going to pause, I'm going to pause sure. for just a second, uh, Joe. Mm -hmm. uh, as we die, uh, <clears throat> I want to I take a step back here mm -hmm. because what you're talking about for everyone watching or listening, what, what Joe's talking about right now is Joe's planning and, and plotting the, the exit strategy. But, you know, what's he going to do mm -hmm. with this property? I want to take a step back, Joe, okay. and talk about that conversation with the seller. Because so you send out, uh, let's say you did a, uh, and we'll get into the marketing here in just a little bit. But you send mm -hmm. out uh, a text or you do a, a call or whatever. Walk us through, because before you plan your exit or whatever, you've got to know what is going on in the seller's life. What is their situation, right? And I, what I say, Joe, is I, I teach my students, hey, be the doctor, right? You're talking to the seller. You're hearing what ails them. Where does it hurt? This and that. When are you moving? Oh, you already moved. Oh, is the house empty? Oh, wow. But, you know, that thing. And then you end up writing a prescription. You hand them a prescription, and they can take it or not. It's not your job as the doctor to make them take it. So... With that uh, kind of how, how I do that, I want to go back with this conversation that you'll have with a seller where maybe you've um, um, called him or maybe you got something in the mail or a text and now walks through that conversation where from out of the gate to the point where you're like, hmm, you know what? I think a SLO is the, is the opportunity here. What, what does that conversation sound like? What does that look like? Well, I make it pretty easy. One of the things about me, it, you know, I've seen every script there is uh, that was ever written uh, since 1971 uh, by various <laughs> coaches and so forth. And I'll be totally honest with you. To me, they're all worthless. They're yeah, just yeah. most of them are you're, you're basically lying to the person that you're talking to. You're trying to manipulate them and move them into an area where you can, you know, do a slam dunk and all that stuff. And that's fine. If people want to use that approach, I have no problem with it. With me, it was pretty easy. In my property information form, the first question after the, getting their name and address and all that uh, is why are you selling the house? Seems like a pretty mm -hmm. nice place. I'm curious. How come you're selling it? And I just shut up. Yep. If they're motivated, yeah. they're going to throw up all over me. Okay, now I know I've got a motivated setting. You know, uh, my wife hates me. Uh, my kids despise me. My, I crashed my car up today. I lost my job and my dog died. When you hear that kind of stuff, you know you've got a motivated seller. At that point, it, it's pretty much, you know, how can I help you? I know you got a problem. Yes. Um, so all I really do, I wish I could give you some fancy dancy, you know, marvelous. Thing no, 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 not at all. But, you know, I found all of the, all of the scripts out there that I ever was turned on to really, you're pretty much lying to them through the, most of the scripts. Mm, yeah. What I prefer <clears throat> to do is just say, Hey, you know, how come you're selling that? Tell me your problem. That's what yep. I want to know. I don't care how you ask it. doesn't matter. You know, however you want to ask it. That's what you're trying to find out. Once you know that problem, you know what you're motivated. You know you, you got a motivated seller. Once you know you have a motivated seller, 
you now have control of what's going on. And yeah, so I'm sorry. that's how I do it. So as you're having that conversation, hey, beautiful, it looks like a beautiful house, why are you selling? As they start listing these things and telling you their problems, right. uh, then uh, then you can, you're kind of building this, you're seeing the story lay out in mm-hmm. front of you. And now you can say, okay, well, let's, let's dive into this a little bit. So um, you've, uh, you've already moved out, you, uh, you, you've moved out of the state, the house is vacant. Um, it's been sitting vacant for a few months. Well, let's talk about this now. Um, do you have a now you can start asking financial questions as appropriate, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, well, is there a, I assume you have a mortgage on it. Let's, you know, let's see how we can help get, put this together here. Um, how much are your payments? Okay, I see. Now, how much do you owe in the house? And so now you're starting to get a little bit of financial information, uh, so you can start kind of to to uh, to plan what right. is your exit going to be with this property? What's the prescription you're going to write uh, uh, for this property? So, uh, again, uh, going back to what kind of started this uh, tangent, if you will, is uh, uh, really there is no um, specific methodology to market to sellers that are going to be prime necessarily for a sandwich lease option because you really don't know that until you get them no. on the phone and say, oh, okay, I see. what." Now, you could always try to, to narrow it down a little bit and say, well, okay, well, I'm going to target, um, as an example, uh, absentee low equity owners or, you know, something like that. You know, okay, well now they've got a little more pain point. Um, but there's really no specific avatar for, to market purposes wise. I mean, for the sandwich lease option. Um, well, well, so, well, well, wait a minute. I want to stop you for a second, John. Yeah. Because there, um, there's two areas that I teach my students and where I go after, if, that, if that's what you're talking about. Where to market, is that what you're talking about? Uh, we're about to, we're about to, not yet. Oh, not okay, yet. I'll wait yeah, until you yeah. get there. Okay. Yeah, so um, I've got on my notes here. Uh, you're taking up three sticky notes, so you'll be getting an invoice <laughs> from- I feel honored. From, so, three of them. <laughs> three of them, three of them. Wow. So let's, so let's talk about, as you segue into marketing, um, uh, well, first of all, what you said on the scripts, I, I, I want to uh, state that I uh, I agree with you. Most scripts I read are, are absolute garbage, and it's like you're trying to, uh, you know, it's like some, it reminds me of like something off of like, uh, was it uh, Boiler Room? No, uh, um, was, it, was it Boiler Room? Uh, no, what's Might the, be. what's the, uh, the, the, the movie? My oh, I know what you're talking about. I know the, the I think uh, it was. Boiler Room, yeah. 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 Um, uh, and so, uh, like, I have scripts that I, uh, that I'll you know give to my students, and I tell them point blank. I said, "Here's some scripts," and I say, "But now I don't use scripts, and neither should you, because when you're having a conversation with someone, you don't go, "Hey, Bob," and look at a piece of paper and go, "Hello, my name is Tim," <laughs> you know, whatever. You just have a conversation. Um, right. Uh, I said, "But you know, if you're being the doctor, the doctor doesn't walk into into the room where you're sitting on the on that little table." And pull a piece of paper. And go, hello. My name is Doctor. <laughs> you know, fill in blank. Um, and so I, I say, here's these scripts, but I don't want you to use scripts. But you can look at these very simple scripts that I've written out just to see how I'm gathering a little bit of the information. You know, how mm-hmm. the flow of the conversation. Then make it your own. Uh, so uh, I agree. Uh, so many scripts are uh, manipulative or make the people. They're just out out and out lying you know hey my wife and i are looking for a house in your area right blah blah and, you know all that garbage um so now let's talk about marketing when i do uh so we teach multiple ways of uh, to market uh to to sellers but uh we also teach that um i can give you 20 ways to market to sellers but if you try all 20 you're going to suck at all of them so only focus on two maybe three and that is your firepower uh, the marketing that I specifically, I do, is direct mail, but it's a very specific direct mail, so it doesn't cost a lot of money, or it's not thousands of pieces by any means. Um, so it's a very specific uh, laser-focused direct mail. Uh, other uh, students we have will do uh, uh, scraping and texting and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and that type of thing. Um, uh, but as far as the marketing that uh, you do and that you teach, what are uh, one or two of the ways that you really try to focus in on for marketing to sellers? Well, obviously, uh, you brought up, uh, you have the internet, so you can do the scraping of, you know, all the classified sites out there like Zillow and Craigslist and all that. And, and that's fairly common. But the two 
that I think are the best, personally. Um, one's free, one's cost you money. Uh, the first one that costs you money, which I lived off of. Now, you have to understand, I don't do a lot of my own deals these days. I right. do deals, but I'm doing them with my students, okay? Yeah. So um, I do a little marketing to make sure, you know, to test the markets, make sure I'm still, you know, uh, doing appropriate things. But the, 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 the two that I think are the number ones, number, it, first, it's direct mail, I agree with you 100%. Um, that obviously costs a few dollars. Um, my big thing was direct mail to the expireds, uh, no more than 30 days old on the MLS, and the old actives 90 days or older. Reason being, I'm looking for two things. People that want to sell their house, I know they want to sell their house if they're on the MLS, and um, uh, a person with a problem. So if it, if it went, the listing went expired, it's a problem, didn't sell. If it's been on the market for 100 days to 150 days, it's a problem. So that's, um, and by the way, my numbers uh, were up until a couple of years ago when I stopped doing a lot of it. For every thousand postcards that I sent out, mm -hmm. I knew I would get a minimum of one deal. Oh, Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Magic, yep. I agree. Okay, a minimum yep. of one. You're going to get yep, more. I agree. But a minimum of one. So those are the numbers here in Philly that I, I experienced. Okay. I usually got more than one deal, obviously on a thousand postcards, but like you said, I'm not sending out billions of them. Okay. Right. It's a targeted situation. The second, um, uh, place that I send my students is wholesalers. Okay. Wholesalers, yeah. as we all know, throw out a ton of leads. Well, you know, hello, Mr. Wholesaler. How are you? You know, uh, I've wholesaled a lot of houses just like you, you throwing out a lot of leads. Yeah. Would you like to turn them leads into cash? Yeah. And you're off to the races. Okay. Yep. Um, wholesalers, although they're looking for, you know, low end junkers, they get a ton of pretty houses that, you know, uh, in their marketing and they wind up throwing them in the trash because they don't know what to do with them. In addition, in addition, um, and I think I can say this, I've been in business a long time. There's a fair amount of people in this business that really don't know what they're doing. And, you know, they go to the forums and they learn a little of this and a little of that and now they're dangerous. Okay. And many of those ads that you see on Craigslist and so forth are wholesalers who don't know what they're doing, don't know how to get rid of the house. Okay. Yeah. Um, my partner Wallace, he works exclusively with wholesalers. He doesn't even bother with anybody else. And he gets fix and flip deals. He gets uh, uh, regular wholesale deals. He gets lease option deals. You name it. He gets the deals from these guys because they get these properties under contract and they don't know what to do with them. <laughs> okay. They don't have a cash buyers list. They don't have any money to do anything. So wholesalers are a bevy, not only for lease options, but for um, wholesale deals and, and fix and flip. What, you know, I mean, they get all kinds of leads that they don't know what to do with. So those are yeah. the two uh, that I teach. Um, and of course, as, I, as you said, you have the internet. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, wholesalers, uh, I teach, you know, uh, that, you know, hey, offer wholesalers money for their dead leads. Mm -hmm. uh, as an example, you can pay them $2,000 for every deal you close. Um, and especially a national wholesaler, somebody that's got a, a, a spreadsheet or, you know, a mm -hmm. CRM full of leads that are in the dead column right? Um, <clears throat> expired listings um, over uh, one of the things that we do or that I do for direct mail anyway, is I look at 30, 60, 90 uh, uh, listings. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> and I actually target those with a direct mail because I'm not an agent. Um, right, exactly. And so, and as so, as that's so I, that your listeners know, as long as you're not an agent, there's not, no, yeah. there's no law that says you can't send a postcard to somebody selling their house. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and so I started doing that years ago. Well, when I, I probably started doing that in 04, I'm going to guess, maybe in 03, when I first started, or not when I first started, but um, as I was, uh, you know, back in 03, um, you know, I, th I, don't, I don't know if we had Craigslist or not. I don't know. There yeah. wasn't really a, a book on how to do marketing to sellers. Um, back then, I think you had to go to like, the the uh, the newspaper, I think, mm -hmm. is what you had to do, mm -hmm. 
And then I finally started going to buyowner.com and I would print off these ads and call these owners and I didn't know what I was doing. Um, ended up finding my first two deals driving for dollars, uh, mm. literally not even half a mile from my house. Um, and then I was trying to figure out, okay, there's got to be an easier, better way. Who, who is trying to sell their house, right? Who wants to sell their house? And Joe, it finally dawned on me, and you may want to write this down, everybody's listening. Here's who wants to write their, who's, here's exactly who wants to sell their house. People that are trying to sell their house. There you go. I just said it. There you go. And you I was go. like, bing, the light bulb went off. I was like, I know what I'm going to do. And of course, back in those days, I had nothing automat uh, automated. So I would print off all these uh, ads, all these listings from realtor.com. I'd go and cross-reference yeah. the tax records. I was handwriting. Oh, it was just a, it was a, but you know what you do, what you uh, do, what you got to do. But, um, uh, you know, and to think about the things that you and I, you know, had, did, had done for marketing, handwriting envelopes or this or that or whatever. And now if, uh, you know, someone does, uh, you know, since 20 text messages and then get a contract, they whine and move off to the, move on to the <laughs> yeah. next, move on to the next they, real estate course. John, they have no idea what we no. had to do. No idea whatsoever. I mean, today with the internet, I'm with you, man. I remember my first deal came from an ad in a local newspaper. Okay. Cause that's what you did back then. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You only had, we had newspapers. Uh, we didn't have the internet yet. Hardly. Yeah. I mean, it was there, mm -hmm. but it, nothing like today. And you know, you're right. I hear these people whining and I just look at them and go, you just have no idea. <laughs> you just have no idea how good you have it. Yep. Uh, they, they, they don't. And they, and they, uh, they want quick, easy results. They don't realize you actually have to put in work. They have no idea what it's like to turn your living room into a mail center, you know, into a yeah. mail, mailing house, you know, and you got the kids who in child labor over there, you know, <laughs> putting the stamps on and all this and that, you know, yeah. and, uh, yeah. uh, and that's what that's what I what I did. So now let's talk a little bit about um, marketing for buyers, and then I want to go into your into the coaching that you have. So, with marketing for buyers, um, uh, anything specific that you have found that really works well marketing for buyers for lease options? I I'll tell you, John. Um, when I put an ad in, and I you know what I used to do if I wanted to test an area. I put an ad in uh, rent to own properties available in such and such a county and see how the phone reacted. Now would this ad, would, a, would this ad go on, would it go on Craigslist newspaper or Craigslist. what? Yeah. Okay. I just okay. threw it in Craigslist just to see, yep. you know, what kind of react. I didn't put it in a ton of places, just threw it into Craigslist and um, I just wait and see what the phone did. And I have to tell you in my personal experience, when you run a, a, a rent to own ad, your phone rings off the hook. At least that's my experience. Now, most of them are not going to be qualified. Okay. I mean, everybody right, right. wants to have a house. So you're going to go through a ton of them. But, you know, when I place an ad for a house and it says rent to own in big letters, I, 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 ne I never worried about buyers. I always found buyers from Craigslist. Um, uh, you can put ads. I'm trying to, you got me on the spot, but you know what I'm talking about. Any yeah. classified site out there. Yeah. Uh, when you put a rent to own uh, ad there, you to me, at least for me, I always got tons of calls. I never had a problem. Um, so yeah, we'll do multiple, we'll uh, do Facebook marketplace is huge. Craigslist for us anyway, has really died out. Facebook marketplace is taking the place of Craigslist. Mm -hmm. Now I do have a VA that will take our, so we have leasing to buy our mothership that mm -hmm. our students uh, will post their properties on. Then my VA uh, will take those, will take those listings and put them on multiple websites. There's syndication sites like Fizber and Zumper that will go out to multiple sites. Uh, if uh, if possible, my students will put them on uh, Zillow. Um, there's you know some caveats there, obviously. Um, you know if the house is already listed or if it's already on Zillow, then you can't really do anything about that. But uh, Zillow is a great um, a great source of leads. Uh, I've actually listed houses on the MLS. That release option, if the uh, house was over, say, $450,000, half a million dollar uh, property, I'll put on the MLS and I'll pay the buyer's agent a full month's payment versus, mm -hmm. you know, if, if they're looking to, if they, if they have someone that um, they're showing to quote unquote lease, they're only going to make half a month's 
payment anyway, That's if that, right, maybe yeah. 30% of it. So I'll pay them a full month. But MLS is good for, for houses where the numbers work, and it makes sense to do that. Um, yeah, we didn't really mention realtors. Realtors are a great source. The only thing mm -hmm. you have to remember is you need a investor-friendly realtor. You know, mm -hmm. I was a realtor in another life in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> and um, so I'm, I can say these things. But, you know, they're not trained to do what we teach our people to do. Okay. I mean, you, a lot of times you'll say the word lease option and their eyes roll. They just, you know, it's unethical, it's immoral, it's fattening. I mean, it's just a bad thing because they don't know anything about them. They're not trained for that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I used to train realtors, so I, I know what their training is like. Um, so they're good at what they do, but they don't do what we do. So if you can find uh, a good um, uh, investor-friendly realtor, they're a goldmine. I mean, they'll, they'll yeah. find you a yeah. lot of properties, you know. So let's not discount realtors as a source. Right. No, no, ab absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, one of the things, uh, and then I'll move on to uh, the coaching model. Last thing I'll say about marketing for buyers is still to this day, one of the greatest uh, resources that I've found for marketing to buyers is our signs in the yard. Mm -hmm. We have our leasing. Oh, yeah. So we have a leasing to buy uh at least in my logo, it has a you know our name and all that. It's a, a professional aluminum sign goes in the yard, mm -hmm. and we have our yellow directional signs, which are pre-printed. You know, it says lease purchase with a big arrow, and that still drives a lot of traffic uh, to the houses. So we get a lot of leads uh, from our signs in the yard. Um, well, I, I can we tell you, John, I, I I sold more houses through so, signs on uh, lawns. Than I did from ads. There's no question yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ab absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to move into um, uh, the coaching that you do, and then also um, uh, the um, the way that you, how you approach it, and how you have your students approach real estate. Because in the sense of, first of all, you are a uh, uh, you don't claim to be a, a tech guru. Uh, a, a, a computer uh, a savant, um, which which when you said that as we were hopping on this uh, on this podcast and you were uh, mentioning that trying to hop on here, uh, I love that. And what I like about that is that uh, um, I tell people uh, that you don't with what I teach anyway, you don't need uh, a bunch of fancy CRMs and a bunch of VAs and skip tracing all this crap, you literally, all you need is a big chief tablet and a crayon and boom, you're good to go. That's literally all you need. But yeah. nowadays people think they need all this crazy software and this and that. I'm like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause they just want the latest, greatest thing that, to make their life easier and all it does is make it complicated. I love the fact that you're not a, a computer savant um, because that means that you don't teach, you know, all this, you know, uh, high-level techie stuff and using all these tools and gadgets oh, yeah. because that means that oh. you you yourself don't use them. So let's talk about that, about the simplicity that I assume you have to bring to the table when you're coaching your students. Uh, are you kind of doing a similar model where I say, look, let's just keep this simple and here's how you do a deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not going to name the individual. He's a very good coach out there, but uh, very technical. It loves, loves, you know, computers yeah. and I'm computer challenged and I'm just going to put it right out there flat. Okay. Uh, I can turn, if I didn't, if it wasn't for my brother-in-law, who's an electrical engineer, I wouldn't be able to turn them on. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so at any rate, this particular uh, mentor um, who I follow, cause he's a good guy and all that, but very technical. And for example, one of the things that he teaches is hot maps. I still don't know mm -hmm. what they yeah. are, but I have a sort of an idea. And, you know, you go in and you spend an hour and you get this hot map going and it tells you in red and green and purple and all, you know, where it's hot and where it's not and all these different things. And, you know, it takes you a couple hours to do that. It's probably a lot of fun if you like technical stuff. Me, I call a realtor, you know, what's the hot area in your neck of the woods? That takes about 10 minutes. <laughs> I know it's old fashioned. I know it's old fashioned. I know it isn't super computer, but in 10 minutes, I made a friend with a realtor. I might be able to get some business from him and he's going to tell me where I should go look for houses. And mm -hmm. I can do all that in a nice phone conversation. Okay. <clears throat> so that's me. And, and I tell my students, look, if you want to get all technical and computerized, I don't have a problem with it. 
Don't talk to me about it because I'm not going to understand what you're saying. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm pretty simple. I'm like you, uh, you know, uh, marketing to me is, you know, uh, massive action gets you massive results. So as you say, you pick out one, two, a, a, a very, very wealthy man once told me you should have five marketing methodologies going at the same time. So you said two or three, this guy said mm -hmm. five, um, somewhere in there is probably a good place. And it, 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 you know, if you're out there, uh, whether it's postcards or it's, you know, stuff you're putting on Craigslist or, you know, driving for dollar, whatever it is, you just got to do a lot of it. And if you do a lot, of, you know, he who spoke to, yeah. speaks to the most people wins. I mean, that's my absolutely. And, and you know, as as you're talking, I, uh, I think I think there's a, a few reasons that people tend to get a, uh, the shiny object syndrome with with techie stuff, like heat maps mm -hmm. and this and that or whatever. Like I personally would have no use for a heat map. I think they in their minds that um, they think it's going to make their life easier. Mm -hmm. having this techie stuff. Also, I think that it keeps them in the comfort zone of not talking to human beings. That's right. That's right. Now we, we live in a, uh, uh, in, in a world with, in, when it comes to real estate, where um, with all the technology that we have, uh, we, we have this idea, this idea or this hope that all this technology is going to remove the need to talk to human beings mm -hmm. because, oh, that's going to get us outside of our comfort zone. And, oh, I don't like talk to a, what if the seller says no, or worse yet, what if the seller says, yes, I don't know what to do. Right. <laughs> exactly. So with yeah. all technology, oh, you mean, I, I, I literally had, uh, um, uh, one of my students, uh, uh, we call them dream partners. Uh, I've had this happen twice now. We're two months into it, uh, and keep in mind they've already paid. You know they're not getting mm -hmm. their money back because we've given them a thousand percent. You know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, when you have my cell phone number and you're calling me at eight o'clock at night with questions, you know you're not getting your money back, right? Because <laughs> I'm giving you everything <laughs> I have. But I've had two uh, students, uh, totally different students, that within two months or so, maybe three months, decide that that um, this isn't for them. They didn't know they were going to, have to talk to sellers. Mm -hmm. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? That's like that's yeah. like you know working at it, being a a, a a car salesman and going. Oh, I didn't know I was going to, have to talk to customers. <laughs> what? <laughs> the, the biggest thing, John, that one of one of the biggest things that I have to uh, conquer with my students is them trying to conduct business either texting or email. Yes. Yes. Okay. And I try to tell them you're talking to a person about his house. You can't do that with a text and you can't do it with any, you use text and email, uh, to create curiosity, to bring them to you so you can talk to them. That's the yes. purpose of that stuff. Okay. But man, they get on, you know, they, they, they start texting this stuff and, and they can't get the answers that they want. And I tell them, you, you, you can talk, can't you? <laughs> you gotta get yeah. on the phone and talk to these people because you're right they it, people don't talk to people anymore like we yeah. used to because mm -hmm. when yeah. we came up okay everything that we did that we were kidding around about earlier we had to talk to people there was no if we didn't want to it didn't matter there was no other thing you could do there was no texting there was it didn't exist yeah. okay? right so we had to talk to people and it is difficult in this technical society to get these people to actually talk to somebody. They get scared to death. And you're right. What if they say yes? Now they go into real panic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's they the scariest yes. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, so diving into the, into your coaching a little bit, um, what does your coaching kind of model look like? And I'll, and I'll tell you what, um, what mine looks like. So then you can kind of springboard off that and, and, and kind of lay out for everybody what your coaching looks like and your mentorship. So I've been coaching for, for a number, number of years. And over the years of, uh, tweaked and massage and tweaked and tweaked and tweaked, tried this. Okay. And, uh, we think we really have it dialed in now, uh, where it's phenomenal, but it's taken, you know, different methodologies and styles and this mm -hmm. and that. Now what we do is it's um, we got away from the one-on-one -on -one coaching because we thought one-on-one, -on -one, oh, that's going to be, boy, that's the biggest bang for the buck and this and that. And what we found is that, you know, 
after working with a number of students is that one-on-one is not nearly as powerful as group coaching, you know, bringing mm-hmm. people together and how everybody's lifting each other up and this and that. Um, so we do uh, uh, group coaching. Joe, who is not here today, uh, Joe Seski uh, from Scranton, Pennsylvania, uh, mm-hmm. he, uh, he's my coach. So he's coaches uh, a couple times a day. He has two slots uh, of the day where he does two. He's actually gone on for four hours, but he does two hour or two coaching uh, slots a day, uh, five days a week. So any student has literally ten opportunities a week to be on a call with with Joe, so, which works out great because they may have a seller that they need to talk with uh, uh, on this time slot or whatever. So it works out great. And so it's a very, very small group, you know, people on each of these uh, calls. Uh, and then I do um, the bi-weekly call. And we found that this has really um, uh, helped the success rate dramatically. Um, now, it's not really scalable, right? We can't, we're not going to, or do we want to take on say a hundred people uh, at a time? We're not going to do that, but that's our model. And uh, mm-hmm. our success rate is, is really high. Now, um, now you, I, I believe you're from the coaching side, you're the one man show, right? Uh, you don't have a, mm-hmm. a coach. Okay. So, uh, so how do you, as, as the coach, as the one person, what's your model look like? Well, uh, for, I've had um, uh, a, a site and a program up for about eight, nine years now, I can't remember exactly. And it's basically lease options and wholesaling. And um, it's very similar to what you're doing. Um, mm. But I do do one-on-one uh, in order to walk them through deals if they want me to. Oh, right. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sure. yeah, yeah. so I, and I know you probably do that as well. Um, but other than that, um, I, I would do weekly meetings. Now, what's happened is, is that um, I hooked up with a fellow by the name of Wallace Zhao, who's a, it's an amazing story, he came over from China and um, didn't know the language, didn't know the customs, so forth and so on, did all these, you know, menial jobs. Uh, he came over in 2002. By 2010, he discovered um, uh, creative real estate. And a year later, he had made his first million dollars. That's <laughs> a hell of a story, okay? Well, you don't even know, wow. you, you don't even know the language, okay? So he came to me, his philosophy was very simple. If a deal comes across his desk and he doesn't know how to do it, he goes and finds somebody to teach him. That's right. how I who, not, who not how, me. yes. Yeah, he, he came to me to learn how to do lease options. So over the last couple of years, we got to talk and this, that, and the other thing. At any rate, we got together and we're, we have a program called uh, the Executive Mentor. It's, um, uh, we call it the Transaction Engineer Mentoring Program. And where it came from, my expertise is lease options and wholesaling. His is fix and flip, subject to and funding, because he, he lends money out to uh, uh, to uh, investors as well as he borrows to do his own jobs. So he's very adept at funding. So what we decided to do was put the uh, put the, everything together and create a transaction engineer program because um, there are so many deals that come across people's desks that. I couldn't have done this alone because it's too much, but between the two of us, we can break it up so that we can handle whatever comes our way. But there, our, our philosophy is, I sort of grew to his philosophy. If you don't know how to do it, learn. Because the amount of money that you're losing, that you're leaving on the table because you simply don't know how to do a, a fix and flip uh, or you know, funding, uh, or excuse me, a, a subject to deal, doesn't make any sense. If you're serious about the business now, I'm not talking about the part-timer, you know, someone right, right, just right, trying right. to get vacation money. That I'm talking about serious players, okay, that, that want to be, people want to be somebody. Uh, so we put this thing together. Uh, we call it the Transaction Engineer, uh, Transaction Engineer Mentoring Program. And what we did was we, we have uh, six different programs, uh, uh, fix and flip, sub two, funding, lease options, wholesale, and the automated lead machine, the ultimate automated lead machine, which tells you how to work with wholesalers. And then we broke them down into like three programs, you know, so if you can't afford the big one, you can do the Mm -hmm. smaller one. And then we have individual programs. So it's sort of for anybody that that wants it. And what we we do is like you, we have um, uh, weekly meetings, okay? Uh, And if they become a, 
uh, mentoring uh, member, um, which has a little weekly, a monthly fee. It's not a big deal. Then um, we'll walk them through deals if they want. Um, they can uh, call us on the phone. We'll give them our business number so they can call us mm -hmm. and talk to us. And they can email us at any hour of the day and night, and we'll get back to them and help them out. So that we do a little bit of one-on-one -on -one, uh, as well as your weekly uh, situation. And that's kind of what we, we've put together. Are you uh, JVing with, uh, with, uh, with these people, with their students? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we give them 60%, we take 40% if they want us to walk them through a deal. You know. what, what I've done um, is I've, over, over the last two years now, I've changed my model to where we JV on the first 40000 in profits, mm -hmm. uh, which I'll probably raise that. But the reason I didn't use to JV with people because I thought, well, if you're already paying me for the, my mentorship, why am I going to take part of your deal? But once I and I but I had the wrong mindset about it. Once I changed mm -hmm. to where I where hey we're JVing on you know the first say forty k, uh, our success went up. <laughs> uh, and, and the reason is because I don't do a lot of deals my own. So like right. I'll do my mark like I'll do some marketing. The, the leads come to me and I just forward them to you know my my guy and say down in Houston or whatever mm -hmm. that's working a deal. Um, but uh, but it changed things changed dramatically. When we started JVing with people, uh, the reason is because now, of course, I've got a carrot at the end of the stick. It's mm -hmm. not just, hey, let me just let me show you how to run the race. It's, hey, let me run the race with you, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and change the uh, the psychology of it from the student's perspective and my perspective. So now I fully get the the power of JVing with someone. It's, it's not just about the about the money. It's it's, hey, we're running this together. I'm not just telling you how to run right uh yeah. we both have a, we're both going to cross this finish line so that's you can, you can move them john a lot faster because what i do okay which is a little over the top they can't believe i do it but i do it um i like to move them as quickly as they want to go okay so uh, what you want to do is is you want to cut their learning curves down as much as you can so i'll do three-way calls with them in other words they'll find that buyer They'll send me, or seller, excuse me, they'll send me a property information form which, which tells me everything about the house. I'll analyze it. If it looks good, I'll have them set up a three-way call, and they'll listen to me talk to the seller. Yeah. And that floors them, okay, because they, they can't believe how easy it was. And when you talk about not wanting to talk to people, now they see, oh, yeah, I can talk to this guy. He's yes, yes. He's through the phone and choke me to death, you know. Right. So I'll, I'll do a three-way call with them. I'll prepare the agreement so I can cut their learning curve down. It doesn't take me all that much time to do it. I enjoy it. And they get a hell of a lot out of it. And I find that the, the people that I walk through deals move much faster than the ones that I don't. Oh, oh there's no doubt about that. There is no, uh, no doubt about that. Um, and believe me, so, they don't want me to walk them through every deal because I'm splitting the money. So it's like, let's do one or two, and then I'll be on my well, own. I said, well, fine, I got no problem with that, you know? Yeah. As long as, you know, we do as many as you want, and then you go out and mess it up. But they always stay in touch with me. <laughs> you don't yep. know what's going to happen when they get out there, you know? <laughs> so uh, so we kind of wrap this up here, Joe. Um, <clears throat> and thank you for uh, for being on here. Uh, by the way, a couple of last things here. One is uh, I'm going to ask uh, what is uh, one, what are one or two books that you uh, would highly recommend people dive into? It can be real estate related. It could be uh, oh, psychology, geez. mindset related, anything. Unfortunately, I'm a Western freak. The, the, the last so Louis Lamour. You, you're gonna it, is it no, Louis Lamour? I don't read him. I read some other guys, and I, you're gonna ask me the names of the author, and I'm sorry, I don't know because I read so many of them. But I, I I read a lot of Western books. I'm reading one right now about um, uh, Sundance Kid and um, Brain Went Dead. Um, Paul Newman and what's his name? Uh, uh, yeah, Billy the Kid and the or no, no, not Billy Sundance the Kid. kid. Uh, just because you asked me. But anyway, <laughs> oh, Butch Cassidy and Sunday. Butch Cassidy and the Sunday. Yeah, That's yeah. the one I'm reading right now. Um, I don't read a lot of um, of uh, how-to books or real estate books or 
Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you why. It's not because I'm lazy. It's because I have established what I'm going to do. Yes. And yeah. I'm not really looking for anything major to change. So I just yeah. read what I enjoy and I enjoy Westerns and, and I enjoy, uh, I'm a World War II freak. So I oh, okay. read. So I, I'm sorry I can't help you in that because I haven't no. read a, so, a business uh, book and I can't remember how long. So I don't read books about real estate. Uh, I think I would probably shoot myself in the head if I had to read a book about real estate. Uh, I mean, could you find something more boring to read about? Um, I do read about, um, uh, uh, I read about um, some uh, marketing or Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the brain and mindset and this and that um, uh, that I find interesting. Right now I'm listening to a book, listening to a book an audio an audible that mm-hmm. i've read before and now i'm listening to it now i'm listening to it again regarding uh, marketing uh regarding uh, it's called the story brand it's about you know you're creating a, the story which is great if you're going to be doing say a webinar or a presentation kind of crafting that you know mm-hmm. uh which then of course when you're, when you're talking about speaking and selling you're talking about uh you know psychology <laughs> you know mm-hmm. how do people think what are they like yeah. but um uh, since you like Westerns, now this is not a Western. I'm going to give you the name of a book. It's a phenomenal book. It's a true story, though. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you got you to gotta write this one down, Joe. It's called Drug Lord. Drug Lord? Drug Lord. Okay. It's a true story about a, a story that took place in Texas, on the border of Texas, on uh, in Ojanaga, which is in Mexico, and Paso. Uh, anyway, down on the border of Mexico. Now, I'm from Texas, so, you know, it kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, hit. Uh, I, I really enjoyed because it, it was talking about places in Texas where I've you know, mm-hmm. been to many times. But it's about Pablo Acosta, what most people have never heard of Pablo Acosta, and how he was running marijuana, how he came into power, and then how he made the shift from marijuana to cocaine, and then how the government actually, you know, how when one drug when one <coughs> drug lord, uh, you know, the government's tired of this drug lord, they do away with him, and then the other one pops up that they are supporting. Right. So -hmm. it's a really fascinating story about, you know, how the government's behind the drug lords. But Drug Lord is a great book. Um, uh, No Country for Old Men. Great book. Not a true story, but great. Mm -hmm. Far better than the movie. The movie was good, but the book was really good. And oh, oh, I got one for you. I got one for you. Uh, Again, this took place in Texas. One Ranger. One Ranger. Oh, you got to get that one. That's a great book by Joaquin Jackson. He was a Texas Ranger. Back in the day, when they actually had to get up on horses and go across uh, pastures and fields and hunt down the bad guys. Okay. I'll definitely yeah, read so it. Definitely. One Ranger's phenomenal book. Um, all right. Last last thing, and then we're gonna we gotta wrap this up here. Um, where can people find you? What is your call to action, oh. Joe? Where can people find? They can Joe find Bull? me at uh, this website, executivementoringone.com. And that's the number one? Number one. Okay. Executive mentoring the number one dot com. Executive mentoring one dot com. Executive mentoring one dot com. Well, uh, Joe, I do appreciate your time. Thank you for uh, for coming on here. Uh, and, uh, and I'm sure at some point maybe we'll cross paths or, or so. I don't know. You're so lazy. You never leave the house, I take it. So uh, maybe I'll never meet you. I'm flying all around the country. So maybe I'll never never actually meet. But uh, it's been great to have you here. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, again, it's executive mentoring, the number one, executive mentoring mm-hmm. one dot com uh joe bodek out of uh out of uh pennsylvania now let me ask you joe are you still doing a lot of posting on uh, uh interacting on bigger pockets or uh you still yeah uh, oh yeah okay yeah I'm, I'm, okay i'm still bitter bigger pockets connected investors i post on all the forums yeah okay uh i uh um you're probably gonna hate me but i always tell uh my students uh, when they come on board with me i say okay now you're working with me so rule number one don't ever go to bigger pockets. <laughs> uh, I say it's, you're going to go down rabbit holes and people are going to yell at you and you know, uh, this and that. So, uh, anyway, but, uh, anyway, Joe, thank you again. Uh, everybody it's executive mentoring one, the number one.com. All right. Going to shift cameras here as we exit out here. 
Wow, another amazing, phenomenal uh, uh, podcast here uh, and show with uh, the, the lease option experience. Uh, again, if you want a lot of uh, uh, free stuff, you can go to uh, leaseoptiondocuments.com. You got a lot of my, my lease option calculator, price sheets, this and that. Uh, if you want to learn more about working with, uh, with myself and my team, you can go to thedreampartners.com. And if you're watching this on YouTube or listening on, on iTunes, uh, if you're listening on iTunes, watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, leave comments, let me know what you're thinking. Uh, if you have questions, reach out to me, questions at leasingtobuy.com, questions at leasingtobuy.com. Uh, again, we'll see you on the next episode of the Lease Option Experience. Take care. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of the lease option experience. I hope you got a lot of information out of that episode. Again, if you have any questions about lease options, email us questions at leasingtobuy.com. Again, that's questions at leasingtobuy.com. And again, if you haven't yet, subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a thumbs up on any platform that you're listening to or watching us on. Again, questions at leasingtobuy.com. And if you haven't, again, go to leaseoptionclasses.com. Get all your free downloads, a lot of great information, including the steps to lease option, my lease option calculator, my seller price sheet, and even my comparison sheet. And again, that's leaseoptionclasses.com. And we've got a lot more training videos there as well. And you can even learn more about uh, the lease options 2.0 training information. All right, take care and we'll see you on the next episode.